This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast eliminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is underwritten by Syraclad. The Syraclad Rainscreen Fiber Cement Siding System, a proven track record of performance in Japan for nearly 40 years. Zero chemicals, triple coated and factory finished color layering. The ceramic and photocatalytic coat provides 365 day self-cleaning and a 20 year fade limited warning. This high performance siding system serves as an honored innovation with parent company Panasonic and Kubota. For more information, please visit syraclad.com. For our guest today, we're uh, really honored and excited to welcome Eric Babro. Eric is partner and CTO of Architectural Marketing Institute. The core part of the mission at AMI is to help architects, I love this, get to Sunshine Island, where they're paid well and work with clients that understand the value of design. You can find them on the web at arcmarketing.org. That's A-R-C-H marketing.org. Org. Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for being here. Hey, Tom. Glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Eric, do you have a, a quote or a, I, I love that Sunshine Island there, but, but if you have a quote, a personal quote that uh, means or matters much to you, I'd love to hear it. Uh, one just came up in my feed the other day that I, I liked. Uh, it has to do with staying focused on the most important thing, or at least on one thing at a time, rather than being multitasking. It's, uh, you may have a lot of horses to ride, but you only have one ass, you know, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> figure out what you're riding right now and uh, do it. So yeah. on that, uh, we'll segue with that is that, uh, on Sunshine Island, what was the inspiration for the uh, Architectural Marketing Institute? So, uh, I've been working with my business partner, Richard Petrie, uh, for about 10 years now. And uh, this is an image that he came up with um, that is encapsulate encapsulates what I think um, all architects would really love to have in their business and in their life, which is working with great clients on great projects being paid well. Um, you know, there are certainly architects who um, are working on satisfying projects, very artistic, creative, or have clients that they really enjoy, but they're not paid well. We can call them the starving artists, you know, who are doing it because they love art and design and things, but, you know, they don't feel they can charge much, you know, or as much as they deserve. And there are ones who are working on, you know, commercial projects or ones that are repetitive or or, or maybe with clients who, um, you know, are paying, um, but they're paid well. And we call that the new quarter in terms of, a, of four quadrants. And then they're the ones who are really suffering because they're just scraping by and don't have, you know, good clients or, you know, being paid well, but they're just keeping on going. And that we call that the old quarter. But Sunshine Island is when you have really good clients who are paying you, um, you know, a fair amount, a good amount. Um, and so you're you know, you're sitting pretty, you're enjoying your life, you're enjoying your, your work and uh, having the opportunity to, to use your gifts. How much of it is mindset, not just a, a system, if, if it is? Well, I think there's a mindset that has to do with, is this possible? 
because there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, if you go into architecture, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to my kid or whatever, because, you know, most architects, you know, work hard and don't get paid as much as like a lawyer or a doctor. So this mindset in terms of belief that this sort of thing is possible. Um, and also like that uh, you can pick and choose clients because, you know, you want to work with the better ones. Do you have to just accept anything that comes your, through your door? You know, so that's another mindset, the scarcity of uh, I, better, I better say yes. And they ask me to cut my price. So I'll just, you know, do that. But the other part of the mindset is really, um, I think, uh, when architects realize the value that they bring to their clients and to the world. I think we all feel like we have gifts to share, um, but architects often just uh, are treated like a commodity. Um, are, uh, you know, asked, you know, can you sharpen your pencil on that? You know, oh, that's a lot. You know, another architect can do it cheaper. So comparing, you know, one architect to another, how can you realize and communicate the unique value that you have um, to potential clients so that they go, oh, wow, we got to work with you. You're the expert on this whole thing. You know exactly what were problems we uh, might have or the goals that we have. Uh, you know, it's not uncommon, certainly in developmental context, you know, when you're working for developers, where you do some innovative things to get more units on a site or to get permission for something that's hard to, uh, you know, get permits, uh, get, get uh, approval for. And the developer makes a lot of money and you get a little bit, you know, you get your feet, right? Um, and of course, even for the residential projects, often the the value of the, the project, you know, a really well done design will sell more, will have a higher value. And so how much are you bringing to this in terms of the quality, the, um, you know, the combination of uh, design elements and styles and, and things that uh, really will make your client delighted and, you know, rich, <laughs> potentially, uh, when, you know, you just get paid, you know, a small amount. And the context that we all have, you know, if you're being paid 10% or 8% or 4% of, of the construction budget, I mean, it's just such a small amount compared to the value. Um, so getting that into the mindset, you know, um, that, you know what, I'm worth it. Um, and I'll tell you why, because when we do our job right, you're going to end up with these benefits. Yeah, is there a, without giving away on the show, a, a formal process, at least a, to give uh, the audience, your audience today, an idea of quantifying that value? So is there a formal process to quantify even that? Me even mentally, to where, you, where you can present to a client sure, we're paid this amount of what the developer would have made or the builder would have made, but the value that we bring is this. And to, well, to quantify that. There are different ways to illustrate that and to okay. communicate it. Uh, certainly a core part of it is when architects can specialize um, and focus their efforts in particular niche areas, whether it's um, you know passive house and uh, high-performance residential or uh, multi-unit um, uh, properties or, you know, hospitality or things like that, whatever it is, uh, when you can um, really speak the language of the client, understand the unique um, challenges and uh, risks that might be in that project, then it's easy to, to um, 
bring home the fact that if you just get a design done by somebody else who's maybe more of a generalist who, you know, will just get something done for you, that you're not going to achieve, you know, the higher goals. Now, there are diagrams, you know, that we provide that uh, show, you know, for example, increased value and and how, you know, let's say if the architect might be 20% more than somebody else, but the property value or some other value has changed significantly, you know, like it's be foolish to go with the cheaper, you know, the cheaper designer in that context. Um, now, one of the things that uh, you can do as a method is is to measure things, you know, so you can measure in terms of property values before and after. Um, you can compare it to averages in the industry or whatever, so you can maybe document that your designs have a higher um, re- result in on that metric. Another one that's a little bit more informal and non-scientific, but can really help just communicating is to do some sorts of surveys with clients before we did the project where were it was it at on this metric it might have might be on comfort or it might be on um, the secu- uh, security or the sight lines or uh, convenience or other things and you know say it was a four out of ten and after the remodel now it's an eight out of ten okay now you do that with five or ten or more clients. And then you can say, of our clients, when we surveyed them, we achieve uh, a 50% increase in this and an eight, uh, you know 200% increase in that. Now, it's not scientific like a science study, but it is based on real data. And it, you know it can be a great way just to communicate, you know what, these are the things we focus on. And this is what you're going to get when you work with us. Yeah, I, I notice in the background, Eric, that uh, you've got some illustrations, graphics. I'm not sure how to what what they are. Can you share with that for your audience? At least yeah. try um, so to. This is a Frank Lloyd audience. Wright um, reproduction. So I went to the Frank Lloyd Wright home and studio in uh, what's it, Oak Park, Illinois, and bought that years and years ago. So I think this is a you know from a skylight, um, uh, you know, much bigger, of course, many feet across. Um, there, the other. Um, one here is from the floor of the Chartres Cathedral in France. Uh, so uh, the, some cathedrals uh, had some paving patterns that were uh, labyrinth or maze um, uh, and, uh, things. And so in Chartres, apparently every so often they'll remove all the chairs and people will walk the path. You know, it's a circuitous path that gets you to the center. Um, and I've been fascinated with sacred geometry and form you know, for a very long time. And then uh, I do have a a plaque there from um, one of the awards that I got. I've been working with architects um, since 1989. So, you know, it's been a very long time. Uh, For uh, over 20 years, I was a reseller for Archicad, uh, but also sold other design software, AutoCAD and MicroStation. Um, So I was very successful with that. In recent years, I've shifted most of my focus to helping architects with marketing. So instead of focused on tech, um, I focus on business development. So anyway, those are the things you're seeing behind me. Excellent. Now, business development, in your opinion or experience or those of your clients, why is not is the business development facet not taught or even a course in most majority of architect schools? That's an interesting thing. You know, My perception, and by the way, I'm not an architect, but I've been in the business for, you know, 30 plus years, and I have a 
uh, had a brother who was a fellow of the AIA, Michael Babro, um, FAIA. Um, so, uh, you know, it's been in the family there. But my perception of architects is that people go in to the field because they're attracted to design and artistry and creating beauty um, and applying it in a practical way where, you know, you have to meet code, you have to, you know, do things that are structurally sound, durable, you know, all of those things. Um, but because the focus is on creating design and there's so many challenges just to make something that's good and sound and uh, and managing the construction process somehow it's neglected this whole thing of teaching marketing and even teaching sales so although we call ourselves architect marketing institute uh, i would say probably 30 40% of our training and focus is on the sales process part of which has to do with communicating your value that, you know, I talked about earlier, um, but also guiding the process when clients, um, you know, say, well, I have a project that I'd like to talk to you about. Okay. How do you guide that process so that, you know, they're getting a good experience and go, Oh, I really like talking to you. You understand what we need and you're asking great questions. How do you guide that to successful conclusion? Now, I still don't know why, um, in architecture schools, it's not a significant focus. If you think about chiropractors or some other professions that have, you know, fairly long, um, uh, you know, training time, you know, uh, and probably lawyers, there's a lot about practice, professional practice, and setting up an office and being able to promote and market it. And architects, it's sort of like, just do great work. And uh, the clients will hear about you and they'll contact you. And that does have some impact, certainly. You do better work, happier clients. You will get referrals word of mouth. But it's not enough. It's not doesn't guarantee consistent, you know, uh, inquiries and, and work opportunities. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Sierra Clad. We're talking today with Eric Pubrell partner and CTO of Architectural Marketing Institute. For more information, feel free to visit their site at arcmarketing.org. That's A-R-C-H marketing.org. Eric, what's changed in your experience in the last couple of years in architecture, um, whether it's specifically for business development in your, in your experience? How is it evolving? Hmm. Well, I think the uh, tools that we use to communicate have been evolving over the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Obviously, we're all using digital forms. Even this podcast, you know, wouldn't have existed 30 years ago. And, you know, maybe 20 years ago, we're starting to be digital podcasts and, and, and things like that. Um, websites, social media um, you know, different portals where, uh, you can get recommendations, uh, Yelp or, uh, others for, you know, residential, who's a good architect in this area, the 10 best architects in, you know, this, this area. So I think that's been, um, evolving. Uh, I do think, you know, when we started back, I started helping architects actively with marketing around 2012, 
um, and launched a, an internet marketing for architects course and an implementation program. Um, at that point, it was very hard to find anybody who was teaching any of this stuff. And because I had developed a lot of experience being online uh, as a reseller of the CAD software, um, you know, I was able to apply that and, and work on websites and work on um, uh, lead capture, lead generation and things uh, there. We are seeing more people out there who are teaching business development using digital tools. Um, and I think applying the best practices from other areas, in other words, uh, you know, the things that you use to uh, generate interest, exposure, leads, um, and follow up with them can be applied from many different industries to architecture. Um, so uh, I, I don't quite know in the last couple of years, you know, that there's been a significant change in the market, but there's a gradually, you know, everything is more digital. Zoom, I guess maybe that would be the big thing with the pandemic. Um, the fact that, you know, it's so routine now to have Zoom meetings. And if a client calls in, you know, it wouldn't be uh, out of the ordinary to say, hey, why don't we just have a Zoom meeting? You want to meet now or at another time face to face, different than just the phone call. Um, I don't think people are answering the phone as much anymore. Um, <laughs> that's probably another thing. Um, architects may be the, one of the few places where, you know, someone calls your office, you pick up the phone, sure. right? But if, <laughs> but if you are working at home and you have a cell phone, you may not pick up the phone. You may wait to see if there's a message. So, yeah, that is interesting, specifically for uh, the personalization. I mean, obviously, we was talking architecture with sustainability, but how about it just being that human personal connection? Mm -hmm. How valuable is that still in the digital age? Well, I, you know, I think that uh, we have more versatility, you know, with email, I'll send over a proposal, you know, things like that and, and Zoom. Um, but ultimately, people will do business with you when they get to know you, they like you, they trust you. Um, this is uh, certainly an expression that's widely used in the marketing world. Uh, you know, how do you get someone to buy from you? Well, you have to have something that they want that will help them with their challenges or problems or goals. But they'll also have to believe that you are you know, a good provider that you're the one that they should work with. Um, so we have different ways to get to know people, you know, the Zoom, of course, I've mentioned. And I think, um, you know, more architects are probably developing digital newsletters, um, you know, to stay in touch that way. But uh, ultimately, um, you know, the process of getting to know people is an interesting one. And, and I think I'll take a moment to explain one of our core um, tactics Sure. In the larger strategy, we call it the low commitment consultation. So if we look at the typical architect process of, you know, someone calls in or, or inquires, sends an email saying, I have a project that I'm, you know, thinking of. Often it'll be, oh, would you like to have a meeting? Let's have a chat, whether that's in person or a site visit, you know, some type of uh, discussion. And very often after that, you know, first meeting, if it went well, the architect will say, would you like a proposal? You know, it seems like this would be a great project. We'd love to work with you. And of course, you know, sometimes people will say, yeah, you know, give me a proposal. Now, it's a big jump from the free meeting to saying, yeah, I'd like to pay you potentially tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars for fees or embark on a project, you know, that's going to have huge impact on their lives and their budget. 
right away? And how can they decide having just had, you know, one or two meetings with you on that? And the other part of it is that as an architect, um, it takes effort to figure out, well, what is the project going to be? Get the, the program requirements and scope of work, the brief, design brief, to look at uh, zoning and other issues and the site. And, and there's all sorts of things to figure out there before you can really give a good proposal that's accurate. Um, so what we suggest and encourage our clients to do is to have a small step that's between the free consultation. Hey, nice to get to know you. Tell me about your project and the, you know, the actual design work. We call it the low commitment consultation. And the idea here is that people pay could be $500, could be 5,000, could be 50,000, depending upon the scope of the project to figure out the design brief the uh, program requirements to figure out what are the options that are available on a site with the zoning, with the setbacks, you know, with the current structure, reuse of things, etc. So essentially to do the initial planning um, as a separate step, the advantage is twofold. One is that it's a smaller step. So for the, um, you know, for, for the client, they're committing to $1,500 for a residential needs and options review, as opposed to a $15,000 or a $50,000 or $100,000 design contract. So it's a very small step, but it reduces risks. It helps focus the project in the right way. For the architect, it's often the same things that you would do on spec just to write the pro proposal to figure out, well, let's check the zoning, let's do this. Um, oh, and tell me more about what you need. Let me write all of that down. So you're actually pulling a lot of data together. So you're being paid for stuff you would have done for free. The client is given a small step to take, and it, it can really make a huge difference in terms of winning projects when you follow this process. So uh, anyway, just a little side note on one of our most successful things um, that we teach. Um, and uh, probably the uh, one of the most surprising things is many architects will say, well, that wouldn't work. Uh, I can't charge for that. Nobody else is charging for a site visit. Nobody else is charging to write a proposal. Um, we find that when you communicate the value of that step clearly, more often than not, people will go, well, that makes so much sense and are willing to pay, you know, perhaps thousands of dollars for that initial, you know, uh, consultative work. Oh, excellent. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Cireclad. We'll let you introduce yourself, reintroduce yourself again, Eric, and, and your website. Okay. My name is Eric Bobro. I've been working with architects since 1989 as a CAD reseller, um, so a tech consultant, and then in the last 10 plus years um, as a marketing consultant, training coaching and implementing marketing systems for architects. So with my business partner, Richard Petrie, we run the Architect Marketing Institute, archmarketing.org, and we provide AIA accredited free training webinars, as well as paid programs that'll help you and others that you know in the architecture industry to uh, develop your business in the way that uh, you've always wanted, which is to work with great clients on satisfying projects and be paid well. So that's that's our mission is to raise the bar, the raise you know the tide for our architects in general, because you all sell yourselves 
you know, in general, cheap. You know, you should be paid paid better, more like a a, a doctor or a lawyer than uh, you know than a drafter, for, to be sure. Excellent. And what else I like about it is uh, obviously that there's uh, so much not just talk but requirements for sustainability that in my opinion, to have great clients and projects and to understand your worth is actually offers sustainability to a profession and a practice. What's your thought on that? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned sustainability. So uh, obviously uh, some people are very focused on uh, sustainable design. Others, you know, that's an incidental part of it. Uh, But whatever you focus on, and you are an expert in, you know, in general, a lot more than your clients. You know, that's that's to be expected. You're the, you're the one who's doing the designs all the time. And they're the ones who it's either the first time in a residential context, they've hired an architect or even in a commercial context, you know, they do it a limited number of times. You do it, you know, let's say dozens of times a year or every, you know, over over a period of years um, when you uh, really are clear on um you know, how to talk to your potential clients about the specialty areas, the expertise you have, establish your authority. Um, you know, you can just get more attention, more interest, and ultimately convince people more easily that, you know, you're the guy or the, or the woman who wrote the book or who did this or did that. And therefore, they want to at least consider you, put you on the short list. So... What would you say if, I don't know if there's a percentage, but the perception of prospective clients and clients of you as a practice, as an architect, is is as important as the actual product that you produce? Yeah, I think that um, if we look at clients in general, it's hard for most clients to tell the difference between good architecture and great architecture or a, you know, a decent solution and a very good, elegant and creative solution. So, uh, you know, when I look and I'm not an architect, as I said, although I speak the language well and people often say, hey, are, are you an architect? Uh, but when I look at portfolios and I see all these beautiful, well-photographed projects, it's hard for me, you know, to look and go, Wow, this this firm really does it. You know, some websites captivate me more than others, but it is hard um, now when you're trying to impress other architects. It's a little easier, and they'll go, "Oh, I noticed this cornice detail," or "I noticed, you know, the way you integrated materials," or you know, things like that, and and they'll appreciate that. Now, for your clients, how do you prove or how do you get them to go, "Wow, this is a firm we want to talk to"? By uh, let's say understanding their needs and issues and challenges, but even better than they do themselves mm-hmm. by asking great questions, by sharing educational materials as well, like the five mistakes people make when trying to do a high performance passive house project. You know, I don't know what those five pr- mistakes are, but if I were wanting to do that type of project, I would be interested in like, well, what are they? I I don't want to make those mistakes. I don't want to hire an architect who would ignore this key thing. So we trust educators. We trust uh, people who communicate information more than, you know, the service providers who, you know, we know they're going to be paid and their whole, you know, part of the job is to sell us on, you know, on services. So uh, educating, uh, creating materials that people go, wow, this is really interesting. And it speaks to me. 
as well as there's another concept in marketing called social proof, which I know, Tom, you'd be well aware of, which is, you know, just the um, the references, the testimonials, um, awards, the places where you've been seen, you know, those sort of things. So um, we all know that if you win some awards, that's good, right? Um, and you can say you won the AIA, you know, such and such award for you know my chapter or, or things like that. Uh, but you can get a lot of credibility just from Google reviews, have your clients fill in reviews on Google about your business. And when they find your website on, on Google, it'll say five reviews or 25 reviews. And if you're a residential architect, perhaps on house, you know, a portal like that. Um, so these are things that help people go, oh, this is a well-respected firm. You know, other people have had a good experience. Excellent. Would you like to, to share anything, uh, Eric, uh, that we may not have talked about with your audience today? Well, um, I think as a next step for uh, those of you who are watching and found this of interest, uh, check out archmarketing.org. We have several webinars that we run on a broadcast basis. They're AIA accredited, uh, so you can get one LU uh, credit. And if you're in other areas, if you're outside the U.S. Uh, or not an AIA member, you can get a certificate of completion. So we have some that give an overview of the entire nine-step framework that we teach. And we have some that focus specifically on topic areas like how to communicate your value in a way that people go, wow, I want to work with you because of what you bring. Uh, so check out those webinars. And we also have some free downloads uh, that'll give you some perspective on that. So check out archmarketing.org and uh, you'll see some great free resources. And then we'd love to talk to you as well. If you decide, hey, now this year I want to work on marketing, then you can arrange a free um, strategy session, game plan call uh, with one of our senior members who will uh, you know, learn more about your firm and see whether one of our paid programs would be a good fit for you. Eric, thank you very, very much for being here. It's been an honor and pleasure having you. Thank you, Tom. Really my pleasure. And, you know, would love to come back again at some point uh, when we have more to share. Absolutely. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast presented by Sarah Klatt. Our guest today has been Eric Bobro. Eric is partner and CTO of Architectural Marketing Institute. The core part of their mission at AMI is to help architects get to Sunshine Island, where they're paid well and work with clients that understand the value of design. For more information, feel free to visit their website at arcmarketing.org. That's A-R-C-H marketing.org. Again, you've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. The executive producer and host is yours truly, Tom Dioro, and our audio engineer, is Eris Chikopoulos. Thank you for listening. Cereclad is a high-performance fiber cement siding system in one size with triple coat technology and 365 days of self-cleaning, along with a 20-year fade limited warranty. Cereclad also offers hundreds of design options. For more information, feel free to visit cereclad.com.